0: This is the 45th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt. With me are my fantastic co-hosts Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. All of us are very happy to have you here, dear listener.
1: Hello, hi, how do you do?
2: Hello, everybody. I hope you had a good annual celebration of the crucifixion of Jesus
0: of Nazareth. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found every week on the TopTech app. This week's episode will be devoted to reporting back from the two legacy events at the tabletop convention Gothcon 45, which went down during Easter in Gothenburg, Sweden. My mighty co hosts Robin and Christopher competed in both of these events. I myself was tied up in Stockholm and finally had the opportunity to watch the Star Wars Visions, something I incidentally recommend any person interested in Star Wars to do. With no further ado, because we have a lot of business to get to tonight, let's start with the Friday tournament. And in that Friday tournament, you had 65 players, 7 rounds of Paper Legacy. Let's go. First short deck take from each of you. What did you play and why? So I
1: decided to celebrate the crucifixion of Jesus of Nazareth, by playing the pivot lands that I was, i've been talking about so basically lands with main deck endurances to fight the combo decks that i was expecting to meet
2: i guess like the endurance in that scenario is the nail in the coffin just like a nail through the hand or something during eastern but i think it was a really sweet deck choice uh it was a lot of combo <laughs> at Gothenburg, at least from what I saw I decided to sleeve up the 80 card Aluren that I played almost the same decklist that I played at the Swedish Nationals
0: all right so um, round one Robin you faced off Blue Red Delver
1: I did uh, it was against the player that I have been play against before at the BSK so we kind of recognized each other and it was the same matchup because I was playing Lance and he was on Blue Red Delver there as well so we traded the first two games, and in the third game, it was a memorable moment where we had traded some resources, and he had finally played Merktide. It was quite big; I think it was the full eight-eight, and he was uh, threatening a quite like fast clock there. So in his upkeep, I tried to red blast his uh, Merktide, and he thinks for a minute and then wills it to push through his damage and uh, when when the force is out of the way I crop for uh, a Merit Lage combo making and uh, a win from there. That was a nice uh, moment for Lance.
0: Getting that after-ski team going. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was super sweet. I had just
2: finished my match and got to see the the last minute of that game. And the sequencing was really sweet. I really liked the, I'm going to remove your clock and see if you fight over that. And when he did, uh, Robin could just crop because I think the opponent had like one card in hand and you could pay for days. So like, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, Maybe like a wasteland, but I think he would have played it out before that. But it was really sweet. I really enjoyed it.
0: And you, Christopher, you faced
2: blue-black Omnitel. Yeah, and you know, when your opponent starts with like turn one Duress or Fotsies, with this deck you get really nervous (laughs) a lot of times because it usually means that the opponent is up to no good combo. What I mean by that is uh, 80 card to learn is not the best (laughs) choice. To beat a a discard deck. And my opponent did like. Um, played the uh, blue black version. With the uh, suspend tutor. I hadn't played against it before. And uh, I'm not really sure. If I had seen deck lists from it. Uh, but I kind of figured that. My opponent was on something else. Than the standard uh, storm variants. Or something like that. Because they usually pack other tutors. So game one I actually. Uh, lost. My opponent got to do all of their shenanigans and uh, do the omniscience for Emrakul, and it was good enough. But in game two and three, I knew what I was up against, and as an Alluran player, I have a really good uh, side or like not sideboard tech, but if you know what you have to beat, you can sculpt your hand the entire game to beat a show and tell if that's what they have to win with. So In game two, I did just that. I did some sculpting. And when my opponent went for the show and tell, uh, I traded some forces so that we would be as low on blue cards as possible. Because when they put on in, I don't want them to be able to force things for free. I put in a learn and they died. (laughs) Nice. And game game three was also pretty interesting. They did the turn one discard, which I force a willed. Because I had both Aluren and Teferi in hand. And I had great plans for my Teferi. So on turn two, they do suspend the, the tutor, And before it can resolve or like get down to zero suspend counters, I have squeezed my Teferi into play so that they can't play it. And when you have a Teferi in play and you're sitting on an Aluren also, you can just start playing the fair game because their wincon is literally playing show-and-tell into omniscience. And so I I, I just played fair creatures like Uro, Leovold, and one with that.
0: So that was super nice games. All right, so both of you off to a nice start here. Moving on to round two quickly. Robin, you played against a deck that you've been playing a bit, 8-cost. Tell us what happened. Yeah,
1: so in game one, I had like the perfect hand for what he was doing and uh, felt so powerful. Uh, he started out playing an Emery, uh, which I got to like bog all the, the cards that he milled with it. Ooh. Then he played a Sigh, and I could answer that with uh, a Tabernacle. And then I found Loam and start wasting his lands so that he has to sack his creature and I think it was like no permanent in play when he scooped but then in game two and game three he drew much better and I didn't have that very strong hands that I had in game one but I had one nice play when he had a kappa in the game uh, and I was on five mana I had one whale of summer in the sideboard expecting uh, a resurgent of a and t so I cast that veil and he thinks for a moment and then lets it resolve and uh, like with veil effect in, in action. i could uh, force a vigor on both his kappa and something else i think it might have been an ursa saga and it was like ward yeah <laughs> because force of vigor is of course uncounterable mm. with the veil effect in motion so that was kind of cool
2: it's just like abrupt decaying a sedgemore witch they're like do you want to pay free life i'm like nah. i want to do that
0: not today satan not today All right, and Christopher, you played Bureau Delver.
2: Yeah, and uh, game one, I got Delvered uh, pretty badly. Like uh, sometimes you just see uh, DRC and expressive iterations just fly off and suddenly you're sitting there thinking where all went wrong. (laughs) And uh, your Delver opponent is just having all of the card selection and things that they want. But in, in game two, I get to do a little comeback. I get to land some of my nicer cards. And uh, my opponent eventually scoops to a living wish for Uro. And like instant playback on the Uro. Like uh, escaping it. And game 3 was a real, real nail biter. We, uh, we went to time. And we were both pretty low on resources. I had a bit more engines going on. But uh, to close the game, I needed to find a solid creature, and uh, like I had some some draws that didn't line up, and I lost in round one or three in time with three lands and a birds of paradise in hand. So that was a bit unlucky, but you know it happens. It's an eighty-card deck.
0: It happens, and that takes us to round three. Since you guys are now both one and one, you turned out to get to play a co-host mirror. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I was both very happy and very sad to see this in the in the sort of uh, reporting in your Twitter feed, Christopher. I was like, "Yeah, that's great fun," but like, I was like, "No, no, one is going to lose. That's sad." Yeah, I was mostly sad seeing yeah, it.
2: Yeah, I was
1: super um, sad. Because do you know what my win rate against Christopher is?
0: I do know that. It's like my win rate against Christopher.
1: Yeah, it's like 10% or something like that. So I knew what was going to happen.
2: And this is also like a matchup that I really like. And so I I went in really, you know, confident. But then uh, Robin is going to tell you all about game one and how my confidence just... Got turned upside down.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, Fresh Prince line. Yeah, I had a hand of doom. So I started with um, Green Source into Exploration into Ursa Saga. And he makes his play. I think it was a forest, maybe?
2: Yeah, I think uh, basic island or forest. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive.
1: <laughs> so I take my turn and play Stage Depths. And uh, just pass with a merit H activation on the ready.
2: Yeah, this is all kinds of trouble because I play tested with Robin on the train, and I know that I'm super dead. <laughs> <laughs> so because I know I know the content of my hand, I don't have a swords to plowshares, and uh, uh, my play is literally okay. I can play the other <laughs> the other Simic basic. And play a Quattle, but I have seen both uh, the uh, the Shadow Spear and a Pyrite Spellbomb in Robin's deck. So I know that no matter what I play here, like there's nothing that I'll be able to like force. Even if I Quattle into a force, it's not gonna do anything. Like he's either gonna attack for twenty-one Trample or Pyrite Spellbomb my blocker. It's pretty yeah.
1: And and as you didn't present the white man, I knew it was just good to go. And I made a merit ledge and then fetched the shadow spear for trample damage, so that was pretty cool. Turn three win, but from there on, yeah, it was pretty nasty. I got dismantled by Christopher as these kind of grindier matchups usually turn out.
2: Yeah, like the long story short version is, uh, in game two we have a kind of grind fest. I think that's the, I think that's my Teferi game. Ooh one one of our listeners took a picture of us playing and you can see of us both looking kind of <laughs> grumpy and there's a Teferi on my side of the table and I think I eventually just combo you out. And uh, game three, you didn't hit all that many lands, if I remember correctly. I, I can't exactly remember, but yeah, eventually the combo deck got there against uh, a lands deck that couldn't present a quick merit
0: all right that moves us to round four so robin you play against blue white dread still
1: yeah, so this was a quite interesting deck, uh, and I was not sure what I was on until after after game one, but he had so many dress downs, because when I saw where he was on blue-white, I knew that like just making like a, a construct factory was my <laughs> was my game plan, because Merit Leach is so bad against uh, swords to plowshares and prismatic endings and all of that. But he, he managed to take it down, not with a Dreadnought, but with uh, like fair beats and uh, Planeswalker and such. And then in game 2 uh, he lands to turn 3 crucible and I manage to, to keep even steps within thanks to crop rotation when he tries to wait, waste me and then like loaming back some of the lands that I've lost to keep making land drops each turn. And eventually I, I loam into Bosejo so I can kill his crucible and from there I actually managed to win that game. But it takes too much time and we, we don't have Time to finish game 3 after that.
0: Ah, so you're picking up a draw here. Christopher, you played again against Blue Red Delver?
2: Yeah. Here's me one week ago saying, who would pack Blue Red Delver and look? (laughs) <laughs> Round four is my second Blue opponent. This time, however, it goes a bit more according to plan. Besides game one, which is a pretty much a mirrored example of what <laughs> happened earlier, my opponent sticks some DRCs and uh, starts the ex- like iteration engine. And uh, before I know it, I'm just uh, yeah cold calzoni. But in game two and three, I do find I start digging a bit more for removal because I know that eventually. Uh, my opponent is going to run out of gas. And Uro is pretty good at sweeping up those other things. Like if you can just preserve your swords to plowshares and uh, yeah, just preserve your swords to plowshares for their murktides, uh, you can pretty much erase or kill whatever whatever they have left. And I think I won both game two and three. I think I comboed, yeah, I comboed my opponent game three. But in game two, I just uh, grinded. Uh, with Uro and all of that goodness. Uh, but in game three, uh, my opponent forced a turn one carpet, which I thought was pretty pretty interesting, uh, after going turn one ponder. So my opponent didn't have a clock, and uh, went on to play, uh, I think, turn two, uh, fetch Delver or something. And I just went land two mana dorks, like a Hierarch and birds. And uh, the turn after, I was like, my opponent has forced once. I'm just going to go for it. Make a land drop, jam a lure, and win. So that was pretty sweet. That's cool.
0: All right, then. On to round five. Getting into what I'm guessing is the late afternoon here. Robin, do you face death and taxes?
1: Oh, yes, I do. And we trade the first two games uh, rather uh, like... uh, one-sided games both of them and then in game three it's it's kind of funny i have this hand that is going to play three endurances of uh of two like green sources so i i mean th- that's a fair hand i keep it and uh i i managed to to find a shadow spear through an ursa saga so that the uh, endurances can gain a little bit of life so i'm i'm battling against his uh, against his equipment um uh, Caldera Complete. And, uh, like, after the game, he comments that that was not how he, he like, envisioned that Game 3 against Lance would play out, like, just against some fair Maverick deck or something like that. So it was kind of funny. But he actually wins that game, but scoops me in because he... I don't. I think he had to leave or something like that. So even though losing, I I get a record of a win there.
0: So Christopher, you run into one of the decks that you were actually really hoping to face this weekend, which was mono black reanimator. Good for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always pumped, uh, pumped uh, when I see uh, a the player because uh, it usually stomps everything I'm playing when I'm not on Dune state. That is. But uh, game one, I get mega reanimated. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's one of those games. Like, Reveal Chancellor, do their thing. And you're just sitting there like, oh man, I'm in, I'm in so much trouble. And like, game two, I do get to do some stuff. I get to uh, have endurance. I have some swords to plowshare, some forces. And my opponent just uh, can't uh, make uh, a big fatty stick or be relevant. And game three, uh, we have a really weird game. So my opponent keeps a seven with no lands, <laughs> but it's Petal Ritual Fatsis himself and Exhume a Sarah's Emissary or something. Like, I can't remember. Like, my opponent was hellbent after the turn. Like, a lot of spells was just flying all over the place. And uh, they play the Serra's emissary, naming instant. So I know that I'm on a really tight schedule, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I do play my turn one Birds of Paradise. I play my and get attack for seven. I play my turn to land and uh, do a, a ponder, and then I get swing Aronian for another seven. But at this point, I have free mana. I have Aluren and I have recruiter in hand. So all I need to do is find another land. So I take my turn. I ponder, shuffle and pass. My opponent attacks again. I play a Quattle, which doesn't have death touch, I just chump. I take my turn, no land, so I'm just sitting there like, oh, I'm in trouble. I think I drew another like could have been anything. Like it's 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 a really clunky card. Might have been a force or something. So my my opponent swings again. I have to jump with my birds. <laughs> so now I'm like still still. Uh, now I'm two mana short. I take my turn, and it's uh, it's a land of or course. something. I can't I can't remember. But uh, I no no no. It was it was a quattle. So I quattle into a bayou. Some one land away. I block again. I take my draw step and I find an endurance. So I have one more turn. That's great. He swings again. I cast my endurance. I block and I peel a ponder for the turn. Uh, I play it. No birds, paradise or land. Uh, I needed to find exactly birds and land uh, because at this point I'm sitting at double green up. So I take my shuffle and I whiff. And then the card underneath that was of course the polluted delta like one of my my friends who played uh, 60 card i i think had to look (laughs) and of course it was (laughs) i was
0: just gonna say never look yeah i think
2: i think i think it was my friend playing a 60 card Mm. list but yeah I, i picked up another loss so i'm currently free to
0: all right then so in round six robin again with a dreadnought opponent this time in a grixis variation what went down here? Like, how is this a Dreadnought tournament all of a sudden?
1: <laughs> Dreadnought is a sweet card. It looks like a Delver deck in the beginning because he only plays uh, blue and red lands and uh like he he also has a lot of uh dress downs so I, I think I, I sort of sense that is something uh, other than a, a Delver deck without any threats but like he he is very trigger happy on forces and daisies and he like forces a mox and like I loam he forces that okay I dredge loam and loam next turn again and <laughs> he forces that again. So he he is really trigger happy with his uh, with his counter magic, but he doesn't draw any action and like I, unlike the blue and white dreadnought lists Merit Leech is really good here so I don't have to go for trying to grinding him out with constructs that will just die to dress down so it's a quite quite an easy 2 uh, actually against Grixis dreadnought as it turned out
0: and Christopher you faced off against the uh, former hot minute hot deck black green smog
2: hell yeah so this was like a super nice opponent. We had like a, a great time, just playing, uh, having fun, talking about paper magic, and uh, like in game one, we have a bit back and forth. I know exactly on the on the first turn, I know exactly what my opponent is on, and can you can you two guess how I know?
0: Um... I would guess that he plays a land that you have now chosen as one of your lands for the basic land connoisseur panel when we do black moon. Whoa.
1: That was cool. <laughs> that would have been so cool. That
0: would be in Galaxy. Yeah. Actually
2: actually my opponent goes turn one dark ritual into Sedgmore Witch. <laughs> oh <laughs> okay. And I'm like, Yeah, this is a smog deck. <laughs> That's great.
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Such a power play.
2: Yeah, and I'm like Okay, <laughs> this is a smog deck. Don't have the turn two smog, please. <laughs> so I just go turn one birds go. And uh, my opponent then plays uh, I can't remember if it's a bayou or a forest or whatever, but I plays the uh, with the bloom apprentice. So now I know that it's uh, pretty getting pretty nasty. Yep. <laughs> it's getting scary. So I just make a land drop and pass. And my opponent draws a card and goes for the smog me. And I respond to the first trigger by sourcing the apprentice mm, mm. because I'm sitting there like, yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna be a grind. Not really though, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my opponent's like, okay, so this interaction, you know how it works? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, great. I'll make 2000 insects and then the last smog will target you. And I'm like, okay, I'll just discard these two cards then I guess. And he's like, pass. I take my draw, I play a land, I fetch, I play Lurin, and I do enough damage to just swing that match. Like 2,000, 2000 tokens, that's insane. Here's infinite damage. <laughs> In game two, like uh, I think one of the reasons why this deck... It might have been like free two or whatever like free two might not be like such a like incredible stat but it's it's still free wins somehow mm, sure and it it was not entirely due to smog combo so my opponent has a pregame effect with leyline, line and I understand that it's also helm deck mm. and uh, my opponent just makes land drop I do some things and then my opponent goes the uh, the void walker which is the ley line on the stick. and We actually have a pretty grindy game back and forth. He's swinging me for free. Uh, I'm playing some creatures out, but uh, eventually I just I learn and win. I think it's very hard for, in in a matchup like that, if I get to just sit and uh, then eventually draw into the only card I need, which is, in a lot of cases, a learn. It's, it's going to be really hard if you're playing... a. A deck with no counter magic.
0: So it's a 2-0. Alright, and down to the last round. 7. Robin, you're up against blue black ninjas.
1: Yeah, and so by by this point I'm 3-2-1. And I think that I think that I'm out of contention. So I think I played this a little bit too casual early than I should have. But, like, he, he he runs me over with unblockable creatures and uh, I don't find the mazes and he has an impeccable mana base that I cannot waste him out and just deals a lot of damage with Eureka triggers that he has been stacking with ponders and such. So, like, he, he wins fair and square, but, uh, like... After the event, I, I see that he actually ends up in price range, which was a little bit surprising. I didn't think that we were actually playing for money at that point. But I lose. Yeah,
2: squeezed in at 16th, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was like that. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. So here 2 there.
2: And Christopher, your last round is against Jeskai Control. Yeah, so I'm playing against the Jeskai Control list that's uh, rocking, you know, the the Free musketeers. Jace, and Narset. And game one, I get... Spell pierced three times.
1: Ooh, I like that.
2: Yeah, it was super nasty. Uh, but the funny thing is, eventually, when my opponent had Narset, Teferi, and Jace in play, I try and play my first Aluren, which gets forced to will, And the, the turn after, I play a second Aluren, which resolves. And I proceed to go comboing in sorcery speed <laughs> with uh, with narset up uh, like not making helping me like it's i'm not drawing cards and the teferi is making it super awkward but you know i'm like yeah so the recruiter gets this recruiter and the recruiter gets this recruiter and then i have the arctic merfolk i'm just gonna pick up a recruiter and play harpy and then i'm gonna play <laughs> merfolk again and Woo, would you look at the time? It's Ukima. <laughs> it's Ukima
0: time. <laughs> Ukima time.
2: Yeah, so that that was uh, super fun. Like, game game two was uh, a bit more how the matchup uh, tends to play out. Like, especially if they're not on a breacher version. This was like straight up Jessica no breacher. And uh, I get to just play my own Teferi. And... It's lights out. So uh, yeah, I I end up ninth on breakers, <laughs> and it's uh, it's rough. But you know, I get some, I get some uh, store credit, which I saved for the the Saturday
0: and picked up some swag. So overall, I would say decent showing from us. Uh, I mean, ninth on breakers is always ninth on breakers. And I think I mean, um, weirdly somehow, it's really on brand for you to be like ninth (laughs) on breakers i don't really know why i think that's on brand for you but it it feels like it's sort of on brand for you
2: i can i can vibe with it like mostly like most of my tournaments i'm either making it into top eight or i'm just super busting out like from my from my own experience but uh, recently i've had some pretty nice finishes just outside the top eight close shaving nationals and we might see a theme
0: So then we are back for the Saturday tournament, slightly smaller, forty-one players, six rounds of legacy, and uh, you guys were there, sleeves freshly polished, obviously, lots of uh, healthy breakfast, and uh, not hangover whatsoever. Am I right? <laughs>
1: well,
2: well, we did, we did went, we did go to this uh, uh, Italian restaurant that I talked about on the last episode, Trattoria La Strega, and we did drink. Uh, a, like we went to a cocktail bar before it, and then we drank one beer each and uh, a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. I was definitely a bit a bit slow the day after.
0: In this second uh, day, uh, in this Saturday tournament, you played the six hundred legacy four one players. But what did you guys play? Did you stick on your deck, or did you move?
1: Yeah, so for me, I, I had planned to play different decks on the different days, but I also felt after playing three, three, one with Lance, that uh, like playing a grindy deck like Lance uh, with a lot of decision points and a lot of avenues to victory, it was ca- kind of tiring. I was trying to like wear my opponents down, but I was actually wearing myself down, I think. Mm. So <laughs> I, I switched to two, uh, like my trusty 8 cast with Kappa that I've been playing quite a lot in the in the local game store. Yeah, so that's what was what I was bringing. And uh, I've been running my my own sort of version as compared to the ones that are doing well online that are running a 3-3-3 split of Emry, Psy, and Kappa. I'm running 4-4-4 because, like, these are the bangers in the deck. So I have cut uh, one of the Lotus Petals and two of the Ursa Targets for playing more of the blue
2: cards. Yeah, I think it's reasonable. I decided to go with 60 card learn in day two, just to lab a bit. Like, I did play against some combo, and I did see Delver. So I picked up my version. I I put it together, like, the the night before. Like, I had done some labbing with it. I tried the Risen Reefs, and uh, my transformational sideboard against Delver is shaving all of the combo pieces and just going full-on fair, like, try and beat this mid-range deck. And, uh, yeah, uh, I was pretty happy about the choice. Yeah,
1: and one thing about my sideboard (laughs) is that, like, the day before me and Christopher was discussing, uh, like, my... I had three Force of Negations that were, like, anti-combo. And then I had one fluster storm and two Hull Breachers that were meant to be, like, supplemental anti-combo, but could also come in against uh, a little bit more of the mid-range decks. But then we were discussing, like, should one play another, like, suit of cards here? And then we were talking about Metallic Rebuke. So I actually went down to <laughs> to Mind Stage and, and bought uh, a three Metallic Rebuke and just, like... I'm going to test this. <laughs> so so I had... Yeah, it's super sweet. Yeah, so it was co- quite sweet sideboard, actually. And, like, as it turns out, I think I should have sideboarded differently. But it, it was kind of cool to test this this card out that I had never played before.
0: And that's the convention feeling as well. You're just like, oh, I'm going to try this card. Hey, I'm just going to go down here and buy it. Put it in my deck yeah. and get ready for round one, which you did. And Robin, in round one, you played against Dark Burn. How was that?
1: Yeah, and this was this was also like uh, sort of a team kill because this was against one of our Stockholm players uh, that we were hanging out oh. with. So that's a pity being paired like that in game one. But I have actually played against his Dark Burn deck before at our uh, GS. And I think that I won quite convincingly that matchup so I, I had a good feeling going into to this duel. And of course Shadow spear is very OP against a burn deck. And like as long as you have an Ursa Saga in your hand, it feels like you cannot lose. Funny thing in game two, he plays land go, I play Saga and tap it for playing the Shadow Spare from my hand. Then he plays another land uh, go. So I play a blue land and uh, pass. And uh, in the end of the turn he cast a smash to smithereens on my Shadow Spare. And since I have two mana and an artifact, I can rebuke
0: it. And that's GG for that game. Hell yeah. <laughs> Alright, and Christopher, you played against uh, Blue Green Omni.
2: Yeah, isn't this sick? Like both Friday and Saturday tournament starts with <laughs> with Omni. Mm. <laughs> but this is this is uh, super fun. Like in game one, we're just trading some resources. My opponent is uh, I think I won the card draw. No, the die roll, the card draw. <laughs> I did that too, but that's due to my turn two play. I went with my trusty uh, turn one birds, and my opponent goes turn one preordain from a pond, no, uh, from a, from a, an island. And uh, when you see island preordain, it's pretty certain that it's some sort of combo. And uh, I just have to shout out this opponent, like the whole deck was. Cut, like Christmas altered, <laughs> so the like I saw some ponders which had like uh, Christmas, uh, you know those Christmas uh, can't remember like decorations, the round ones you hang. Oh, the Christmas green, bubbles! Like the, yeah, the bubbles, the Christmas bubbles, and all of the lands had like nice snow and looked cozy. <laughs> and I was like, "Ooh, who would live there?" <laughs> so I just jammed to turn or, like turned to Leovold uh, into my opponent. And uh, suspicions were right, like turn two, end of turn. Uh, my opponent goes for the Impulse, uh, which gets around Leovold. And uh, my opponent goes for a turn-free Shontel. And you know my MO? Yep. I force, force back, puts in Omniscience. I put in Aluren and win. <laughs> and it, this, was, this was like with... Uh, I don't have like the recruiter shortcut. Um so I, I get, I have to go a bit manual so i put in uro and do the harpy thing and he's like oh okay and i'm like so i'll draw 25 cards and then i just update my life total and he scoops and uh, in game two uh, i actually win entirely like i play a fair game of magic my opponent didn't have like couldn't resolve a show until this time around because i didn't find aluren or like i didn't find reasons to dig for it so we actually trade Uros, like we play some Uros back and forth. I'm playing some Endurances in the main, so I actually get endurance Endurances away. And the uh, funny thing is the my favorite stack of the whole tournament happened in, in our game 2 when we were like just doing our normal thing. Like I had uh, Leovold and uh, Uro coming in from, from the graveyard next turn. So he goes for a show and tell. I force a will. He veil of summers, I force a negation. He forces my negation, and I get to veil. So it was super sweet. And afterwards, my opponent was like, "Ah, oh, I, I totally misplayed that." But I don't like there was no there was no sequence, and no permutation of those plays would have changed it, unless I would have f- like fl- played my veil in response to his veil or something like that. But uh, yeah, so. Uh,
0: Two o. right then. So round two. Uh, Robin, you play against four-color control.
1: Yeah, so this is where like my four-color control marathon starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Uh, uh, I think I mulligan in game one, maybe to six, maybe to five. I'm not really sure. But uh, the cards that I'm not mulliganing away, he's discarding because he starts with authorities and then a to Torak, and then an inquisition. And uh, like I, I almost have no cards left in neither in play or in hand. But then he proceeds to draw only lands, uh, so I actually get to climb back into that game. Like via the you know the draw cards the 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 thought casts and and thought monitors and uh, actually gets to overwhelm him with my creatures and then in game two I have my trusty winter orb from the sideboard that I have specifically for for these control matchups and it it serves me very well
0: no nonsense there so Christopher you play against the elves in your second round that's right. And this
2: is one of the matchups that I think is a bit scary, actually, because we're both trying to get to 4 mana to kill the opponent, but my opponents are usually a lot better at making 4 mana. In game 1, we have like. Uh, I, I actually force a turn 2 glimpse because I'm too scared of what, what's, what's to come after that. Yeah, it seems legit. Yeah, like I've lost too many games of a turn 2 glimpse. And it's like the weirdest game ever because both my draws and my opponent's draws are s- absolute shit. <laughs> like, when my opponent fi- like resolves a glimpse the turn after, they play one creature. And that's like their glimpse turn was one 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 creature. Oh
0: my god, that's horrible.
2: Yeah, and I'm sitting there like not doing much better. Like, I get to... Like a Quattle to block a Nettle Sentinel, which I'm like, oh, great win. And I get a Gristin, which gets to start slowly machine gunning and, uh, you know, making some insects. But it's a super slow game and I I don't find any learns, And eventually my opponent just goes for natural order. And I count my blockers and I count my life total. And I block and end up at one life. (laughs) And after that, I can just survive (laughs) because all of the trample frets will be gone forever. I have a grist, which is on parity with the crater hoof because it's not getting past it. And uh, yeah, like eventually I claw back, like I find a lure and I win. And uh, game two, I I got lucky, guys. There's no easy way of... (laughs) saying like I got, I got super lucky i did get to play a turn three uh, plague engineer on elf or you know it was even turn two uh, my opponent went turn one insect turn two a visionary and i got to play the engineer my opponent returns the visionary response i still name elf my opponent's like oh man that's super awkward and uh, he proceeds to play a land and play another insect like the why symbiote And he's like, yeah, at least I get to keep my Insects. And I'm just laughing because I'm sitting with the second Engineer in hand. Oh my god. So I I ponder. Stop this now. uh, (laughs) I ponder, fetch, and play the second one on Insect. And my opponent end steps, fetch, to get a uh, Dryad Arbor. And I have no forces in hand. And my opponent draws for the turn and concedes. And I'm like, huh? And it's like, yeah, I needed to draw land so I could natural order for progenitus. And then he shows me the hand and he just drew the progenitus. Mm. It's like a magnet. It's like a magnet to the hand, everybody.
0: I've said it before. So many times. So 2-0. Not like this. Always like this. Okay, on to round three. Robin, as you alluded here, you went on a bit of a four-color control rampage. So in round three, uh, second one, four-color control yeah, and a difference in these games.
1: I managed to win game one quite decisively, but then game two I get caught by Hidetsugu. Oh, and I should say this is not four color control with with uh, with green. None of these decks that I faced were green decks, so they are like uh, Esper with red or like you know
0: Jeskai black.
1: Jessica guy black. But then I managed to take the the third game uh with a like a a, a quite aggressive hand.
0: Good for you, good for you. Christopher, you played against uh, Lance in your third round. a matchup that you earlier on this podcast have said that you sort of kind of like to play.
2: Yeah. I actually I actually can't remember when I lost against Lance with Aluren last time. And uh, like game 1, I mult to 5. Which is uh, not great, and uh, I keep a, a two lander, and uh, I have to I have a birds of paradise as well, so I have to actually fetch a trop to get my birds into play, and uh, I get wastelanded, but it's fine. I I have a, another backup land in my hand, but it never it's it's a duel, so it it never feels great playing another duel if you don't have a good like play to. Follow that up with. So I brainstorm with my bird and I find uh, for the draw, I draw a fetch and my brainstorm sees two more duels and uh, like an Alluran or something. So I, I play the fetch and uh, I think I could fetch a basic forest at this time and get my second bird down. But eventually, like uh, my opponent gets to start loaming. And it plays a tabernacle, so my birds are not really doing much, and uh, eventually, like my my deck just uh, doesn't like' it's, it's super hard to get out of that mana wise. And uh, game two, I had a similar experience, uh, like my game game uh, one game in day one versus Robin. Uh, my opponent just has like the fastest merit ever, mm. and uh, it it gets there. So I actually lose 20, 0 02, and this is my one of my first losses in this matchup for a very long time.
0: Well, it's bound to happen eventually. I'm just sad for you it happened in round 3 of this tournament. On uh, round four, uh, Robin, you played against uh, Big Drumroll here for color control. Oh, yeah, here. How did you go this one? Huh?
1: Well, I won two kind of quick games in game one. I have a chalice that is locking him out, uh, he doesn't really have any action. And in game two, he sort of bricks on mana. I think that the chalice is involved in like. Taking out ponders and brainstorms from his uh, like repertoire, but he sits with a island and a tundra in play, and he has played two rest in pieces, which are doing nothing because I don't have an emery in play, and I'm just making thopter tokens and kappa cannoneers
0: and that kind of stuff. So, uh, ratatatata. uh, well, Christopher, you'd play against Infect,
2: yeah, and I, I have a lot of reps in this matchup. Like one of my best friends plays Infect a lot, and uh, we've done the Allure versus Infect like e- easily a thousand games when drinking beer <laughs> and stuff like that. So, game one, I do get Invigorate Berserked. I'm I'm just gonna get it out there. It was brutal. <laughs> it Happens, and uh, I think it was turn one. And and this opponent is the Ninja's opponent. Robin played and in, mm. uh, in day one. My opponent goes, like, turn one, uh, Trap Hierarch. And I'm like, yeah, two can play that game. I play trop Bird. And my opponent then goes, Ink moth Tap Hierarch and Ink moth for <laughs> Blighted Agent. And I'm like, uh-oh.
0: <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, <laughs> then I get Invigorate Berserk.
2: But game two, I think it's a bit grindier. Uh, I actually board out my combo in this matchup and go straight to the dome with fair cards. I bring in, you know, Pernicious Deed, which I have one of in my sideboard. Ooh, I bring yeah. in some Veil vale of Summers, and uh, I bring in, let's see, uh, carpets. I can cheat on mana a bit, and uh, Plague Engineers, of course. Thanks, Wizards, for that errata. And uh, in game two, we have like the grindiest slugfest ever. I I'm alive at eight poison, but eight is not 10. So I, I managed to claw back from that. And in game, game three, I had like the nastiest thing ever. My opponent also to to five, which is uh, pretty rough in this matchup. So I go with a turn one carpet and my opponent is, uh, you know, pondering, trying to find a creature, which I found out later. And I just get to, you know, play land, pass play Aquato, uh, untap, play a a Plague Engineer with Veil Backup, but he doesn't force, so that feels great, I say for Exion. And the turn after, I get to play Grist, still Veil Backup, and in game two I saw that Submerge was the way my opponent could remove a Plague Engineer. Some people splash white for Swords to Plowshares, but submerge can be pretty nasty especially if you catch your opponent fetching but uh rocking veils is pretty rough against that as well so i i squeeze out the two one win
0: nice nice okay so robin you're four and oh now going into round five of six must be feeling pretty good about that and you faced elves in this round five
1: yeah, and I was the only player on four O, so I was looking <laughs> to hopefully like draw into the top eight. But since I was the only one, uh, my opponent didn't want to draw. Obviously, uh, he was uh, three and one, so we had to play it out. And like elves, is kind of a rough matchup for eight casts. <laughs> you don't have any way to remove the creatures, n- at least in this version where you don't run like the sideboard. Uh, other grids that you did uh, in in the like splashing red version without kappas so and and I also I realized that my delusion or like my my sideboard duke with the, uh, with the with the rebukes is actually hurting me here because boarding in hullbreachers would have been quite good against uh, elves mm. and I also like was a bit annoyed with me not not having uh, a graph Digger's Cage as an Ursa target in, in the sideboard. Right. But uh, the thing I need to do is raise them, obviously. So I keep a really good hand in game one because I can play uh, turn one Emery and turn two I can play a Kappa. But he goes for natural order but doesn't have lethal and I get to trade my Kappa for one of his Shepherds that is a 5-5. Five five. And, like, in the next turn, I use my Emery to replay Kappa from the graveyard. And uh, at his next attack, I can trade a Kappa for his hoof. But uh, I have, like, took t- taken so much damage that in his third attack, he gets in with little, even if my Kappa can block one of you guys. And then in game two, I have, uh, like, a, a turn one saga and quite a few artifacts to like make it big and fast but he goes off with the glimpse and just draws like 20 cards or something like that and just runs me over and I, I don't have anything to, to stop him. So two rather quick games actually and uh, loss with O two 2 against elves.
0: And Christopher you got to do a bit of a moral rematch because you played against Black Red Reanimator in your round 5.
2: Yeah. And uh, this, this 60 card list is a bit better. It's it's built a bit better to deal with those things. Like, sure, you don't have Swords of Plowshares and uh, things like that. It's it's quite scary. But you do have a pretty solid sideboard plan. And uh, like both me and my co- opponent keep our seven. And uh, my opponent reveals two Chancellors. <laughs> the, okay. I'm like, okay, okay. And then they go uh, Swamp, Dark Ritual, Thought Sees Me, Reanimate. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. So they have... My first spell is going to be super taxed. So I'm just, you know, making land drop, making land drop. And uh, on turn three, I realized I should have uh, popped the Chancellor tax earlier. Hmm. But uh, I I do pop it on turn three. And uh, my opponent swing. Uh, swings me down to five and has not presented another threat so i just play a fourth land a fetch and pass my opponent swings for five again but now i have three snow ba- basics uh, so i flash in a quattle, pay the one tax and trade and my opponent goes for the reanimate on his uh, chancellor again and i force a will it i take my turn i just jam leveled in there, hmm. because why not, and pass. My opponent plays another reanimate on Chancellor, but this time I do have it covered because I'm sitting on a, another Quattle in hand. And uh, those reanimate damages, they do add up. So the Fatsis was two damage. The first reanimate was seven damage, and the second one was seven damage. So my opponent goes for that plan and pass, I just play a land and pass back. My opponent swings for five. I flash in the second quarter, and voila, the vol that was in play all along gets in for free. Mm. <laughs> Which is exactly at that point. Nice. So in game two, I have a pregame effect of Leyline. I actually say pregame and he's like,
0: no, no pregames. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have a pregame. <laughs> no, and actually, you can't do pregames against, against me. That's... <laughs> only, only I get to do that as a Black Ribbon animated player. It's my prerogative. <laughs> what are you yeah. talking about?
2: That's funny. But like my hand is also super stacked. So not only do I have my, my uh, Ley Line, but I also sit on Endurance, Quattle, Leovold, Force of Will, Force of Negation, or something like that. I, had, I, I can't remember exactly, but I had two lands, two forces, and Endurance. And uh, uh, my opponent just... Faithless lootings to try and dig for something that's gonna do uh, like anything I get to play a uh, Leopold on turn three, which will block this this approach. my opponent goes for a a hard cast grief, which I just get to force a will because i'm I'm sitting there like the, my opponent's not gonna get out of this because you're that good, yeah, like it's it's leyline skill, baby <laughs> but skill uh, yeah, yeah, eventually. My opponent has seen enough and scoops
0: him up. So 2-0. Which brings us to the last round in which you, Robin, intentionally drew. Because that yes. made you safe into top 8. And Christopher, you had a bit of an unfortunate pairing event here. Am I correct? Yeah.
2: So, like, at this point in the, uh, in the tournament, uh, there are a couple of players that's at 4-1 that can draw into top 8. I'm at 401 and there are two players at 311 and uh, one of those players I already played earlier the lands player so I know that it's a pretty slim chance that I'll I won't be able to draw so naturally I do play against (laughs) I do get paired against the only person left in the tournament that can't draw for top eight out of the uh, the possible outcomes and it's uh against a pretty spooky matchup, Jeskai undoing. Doo, 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 doo. And he's also playing like a, a turbo version of it. So he's mm. actually playing Ancient Tombs to be able to play turn two hull breachers and stuff like that. I'm
0: gonna undo you, quick! Yeah, yeah, like super <laughs> nasty.
2: In game one, I had like a super convincing win. It felt really good. In game two, like, uh, it never feels good when you are playing your turn to ponder and get hull breached. And that was super rough. And uh, like eventually that game, I just I just saw a lot of cards that it's not going to help me out. They're just going to give treasures to the opponent. And I'm not sitting at uh, free free snow uh, basics. So there's even very little con- like incentive to flash in a Quattle. And uh, so that leads us to game three. And... It's it's super unfortunate. I think we went maybe 18 cards deep into our libraries, and my opponent found all four forces for my for my allureance. I'm also Ooh. a bit like uh, tired at this point. Uh, someone pointed out that I could have made a play in the final turn, where I which I might have missed, but I was super tired. So I was I had an allure on the stack. I had a risen reef in play and Harpy in hand. And uh, what I can't remember is if I had mana enough to just hard cast a Force of Will, targeting the uh, Swords to Plowshares, gunning my Risen Reef. But my opponent had a sideboard plan of Stoneforge Mystic, so I was getting beat down by a Cauldra really hard. And uh, if that was the case, I could have seen six more cards. And my opponent was empty after that. So... Yeah, eventually like that happened and uh, I died to the caldera. So I I'm ninth on <laughs> on breakers again, but this time not on breakers really. It's uh, I was 1 point down, but it was super unlucky getting paired against the only person who couldn't draw in a bad matchup.
1: Yeah. yeah and I was watching that matchup and like rooting and cheering for Christopher and it was uh, very heartbreaking.
2: I'm, I I had to mute because I had to cry. <laughs> I'm just kidding, <laughs> but it was it was a super fun tournament, and I'm I'm super glad that we got to play so much Legacy. But the tournament isn't
0: over—not by a long shot—because we are now in the quarterfinals. Robin, you played against yes. Lance in the quarterfinals,
1: yeah. And I think it was the same Lance opponent that you played against Christopher, right?
0: Yeah, 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 for sure.
1: So, like these games were quite. Uh, uneventful, I should say. I think he he mulled. He had pretty weak hands. He had turn one exploration both games, but then sort of didn't draw any action to uh, level his advantage from getting many lands. And like... I think he had Tabernacle in at least one of the games, maybe both. But I like I drew my basic island and I had an Emry that kept recurring a Petal so that I could keep playing cards and uh, obviously a Mox and, and so on. So I managed to, to squeeze a 2-1 actually against Lance there in the quarterfinals.
0: Beautiful. Feels like nice revenge on a deck also that didn't really deliver for you on the day before. So Yeah. Many double whammies there. And then semi-finals, top four. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, in and of itself very, very well done. You get paired against green-white depths.
1: Yeah, and I was super happy about this pairing because I was afraid that I was going to face against the elves player again that I, I faced in the final round in the... In the Swiss, and he was paired against one of my four color control opponents. So I was a little bit hoping that the four color control deck would just smash elves with the plague engineers, mm-hmm. and that I could uh, win over green white depths.
2: Yeah, like sitting on plague engineers and hiritsugus and stuff like that—it's just great.
1: Exactly, that was like. What I hope would happen. And but in game one, we both have quite good hands, I think. And I I have an Emery in play that I'm protecting with Force of Will. And I get to play a side that keep that makes a little bit of tokens. I have a retrofitter that can turn those tokens into beaters. So I, I feel like I have a, a decent position to to do something here. But I play a little bit too carelessly, I think. And he managed to kill. Both of my defending Thopters, which let Merit uh, Lage through. And I think that I am exactly at 20 life after he, he, him plowing me, but I am also using the, uh, the Ancient Tomb.
2: Yeah, it was X Axis.
1: Yeah, it was X Axis. And I think that I had an Ursa gameplay play that would grab me the Shadow Spear for the next turn so that I could start gaining life and getting out of Merit Lage range. So that was. Uh, ah, felt, felt a little bit like that like I threw that game even though I didn't make any huge mistakes I think maybe I could sequence it differently or played a little bit more cautiously and uh, maybe turned it I don't know Then in game 2 I had uh, quite a great hand I played a turn one saga and he played a land I played a turn two tomb and was able to make a construct and he uses his turn to waste my saga and on, on my turn 3 I could play Sigh using the tomb and then start making tokens and those tokens could tap for a kappa here.
2: so this is this is robin underselling his third turn like i was <laughs> sitting next to him and it was insane it was amazing so he does play the the uh, turn free sigh, but he goes opal bobble float blue uh, opal monitor cannoneer swing with a massive construct and it's like 20 plus power out of nowhere <laughs> i'm just sitting there thinking christopher close your mouth christopher <laughs> close your mouth because i like my my jaw dropped so hard i was like oh man this is insane but yeah. it was super cool i was like oh man
1: yeah that was that was a true true power of of eight cast definitely yeah and
2: i saw your hand and i was like oh man how is he how is he going to sequence this and it was just beautiful
1: but I think that if, if he would have top decked...
2: Seeds of Innocence.
1: Yeah, I think I would have got, got by that. I had an emery that could replace something, but like that would have been hurtful.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, the reason why he could do that is he had the... He actually, when he wastelanded you, he cropped a flagstones, getting yeah. uh, second green, and then wastelanded. So Seeds was very much alive, but you still would have had, like, Sai, and you could have cracked some bubbles so you would still have gas but yeah that's true twenty power is is, is extremely fast. Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially when you have the the uh, kappa psi engine which is just like every artifact is two power.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: two uh, power on the Kappa. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly and one power in there. Yeah and, and like those Psy tokens are so important in that matchup so that was a great hand. But then on to game three he's on the play. And uh, I have to mull twice hands that don't have enough mana or, like, no colored mana in them. So that was a little bit of a pity. I kept a fiver. I think it was Saga, Otavara, Petal, Emery, and the Dismember. And, like, the plan is to play the Saga and Dismember, like, his turn one play. I was hoping that he would play, like, an elf or something, like reclaimer. And then I could play, like, Otavara, a Petal, and play... Like the Emery, and then make a construct token on my third turn, like re- replaying the petal, and maybe do something from there. But uh, like he wasted me, and uh, I played out the petal, which he endinged, and I didn't draw any oh. more mana, and it was like just a non-game.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was extremely yeah. painful. Uh, I was sitting next to Robin, like all, during all of his matches, and when he finally drew the second land. It was the second Ottawa and I'm like, Are you kidding me? (laughs) No
1: Yeah, and and, like Ah, when That's rough. When I had a sort of chance to to start playing Lands, he already had a knight in play. Mm. Like the second knight because I dismembered the first. So like the second knight would just fetch all of the wastes and there was like I was out of the game.
2: But it was one of those surreal games also, like the opponent resolved a turn to library or something. And on the first activation I was like, I'll draw two extra mm-hmm. and then didn't make a land drop and I'm sitting there like what's going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was I was like, Oh, so those <laughs> were free spells. Yeah, that they could <laughs> you're just digging for your night mana.
0: Very respectable finish though to go into the top four. High five for that. Yeah, I'm super happy. And um sort of in general i think from my horizon this seems to have been slightly the meta game that we were expecting perhaps a little too few combo decks like that, but that was my it seems feeling that you as guys, well guys ex- except for the four color control sort of marathon you went on you both of you played a pretty sort of diverse array of decks as well what do you think what do you think about the co- the, the the tournaments in general
2: yeah i think i like um, i d- i did play Plenty of combo, yeah. I like think. two
1: reanimator, two omniscience, elves, uh, I, effect, smog. smog. You played a lot of combo.
2: Yeah, uh, but maybe not. I didn't play like Doomsday or Storm, which uh, might constitute as quote unquote more comboy combo. But the uh, I think reanimator is up there, like uh, in in combo status for me. It's one of the big meanings. <laughs> but. Like, my overall impressions was a lot of people showed up with the decks they really enjoy playing, I think. And it showed, like, uh, winning or losing, a lot of people were just happy to play Paper Legacy. And there were a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, you know, big names from the Swedish scene present. And uh, it was just a really fun time seeing all of the people bashing each other for 13 rounds. And a lot
1: of familiar faces from BS Co cool as well. That was cool.
0: Oh, nice! Yeah. Love to see it. Yep. All right, so uh, I mean, um, when Gothcom forty six comes around, I am guessing you guys are endorsing a recommendation for anyone interested in Legacy to go. Am I correct?
2: Definitely. Yes, I would definitely recommend you to go. It's uh, it's super fun. It's uh, it's really nice also that it's not like one massive tournament, and um, mm, there are events yeah, for yeah. yeah. Like there are two different legacy events. If you bring different decks, you can try different things. And uh, at the evenings, it was uh, the vintage nationals, and uh, there was also a big modern tournament one evening. And, and the team, I think, team were, trio, right? Yeah, there was a team trios event. Oh, and, team trio. Uh, mm. Yeah, and uh, and uh, a lot of pre modern. So it was a lot of fun. Like people were just. They're playing what they really enjoy, Mm. and I think that that vibe was really intoxicating.
0: Like, people were just having a great time. So, I highly recommend it. Nice, 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 and uh, that is all we have for this week. Long tournament report from gothcon45 we hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it as we always do especially when we have so much paper to to go through if you like the show you can tell a friend you think should listen that will help us out and if you want to tell us anything or just post fun legacy stuff, you are much welcome to join our Discord server. You can find the link in this episode description. In addition to the Discord, you can hit us up on Twitter at sthlmlegacy, Stockholm Legacy. We, the co-hosts, are also present personally on some social media. Robin, where can our listeners find you?
1: find me on the discord server
0: and in the discord server find your uh, links uh, to uh, funny reddit posts <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah
2: you can you can find me lurking there as well like if you have a message just tag me but you can also find me at monolithmtg mtg on twitter i i'm sorry ninth on breakers is taken mm-hmm. by uh, prolific yeah magic player but uh, after this uh, after this weekend i think that i'm worthy of challenging the nine on breakers since i might be the most consistent swedish ninth placer <laughs> this year, at least this yeah. weekend.
0: We're very proud of you for that. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter as well under Disco Drogo. And that is the end of the 45th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you so much, Robin sincere and Christopher Wigström, for trekking all the way down to Gothenburg, playing all these games for us. Excellent. A warm thank you to you for listening. As always, the great Frönes as Svitna Music, you can find their work on Spotify. And until next time, what can you see on the horizon? Why do the white gulls call across a sea? A pale moon rises. The ships have come to carry you home.